Yeah. It's that money boy. Yeah. We played them in the third game. Everybody played three quarters. The Bears are who we thought they were. That's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. Welcome to the ESPC podcast, where every podcast is a business meeting with a specific purpose and a specific outcome. I'm Josh. I have an MBA, securities license, clients for a decade, more than $15 million and above. And what that means to you is, for example, week five, we went 14 into 87%. Uh, to put that in perspective, 59%. You can consistently live in Vegas. Some pros average 70%. So 85.5 really is really good. For me, it was $11,330 in profit. So we give you the insight how to make that money betting on NFL games, betting college games. Then we get into the NFL, college football, uh, college basketball. We share the information because we have to, right? It's capitalism and freedom is not free. And if we don't share information as middle class, upper middle class people, uh, probably this country will be in trouble. I figured out, but we have a lot of fun at the same time. But part of the process to get that good is that you need to be grounded in reality. All right. Uh, we call this a Hawthorne Effect podcast because, as Rene Descartes said, a life left unexamined is not worth living. We use business and financial concepts that I use in my other jobs to predict successfully the outcome of football games, and monetize our time, make it the highest and best use of our time. We use decision science, we turn to the mean, probability theory. But in this podcast, it's about self-review, right? We use a little bit of psychotherapy. My wife's been a psychotherapist for 18 years. I've learned a lot. (laughs) You have to feel, you have to feel the shame, the embarrassment, the humiliation of making the wrong decision better identify and analyze any situation to get close to the truth. Elon Musk says that to predict outcome, right? The richest man in the world, Elon Musk, to predict outcomes, you have to get to the truth. But again, as middle class, upper middle class people, we do not have the resource Elon Musk has to get to the truth. But what we can do is get to the truth get as close to the truth as possible. It starts with you. It starts with us. You can't live in a fantasy world. You can't believe in the Easter Bunny. You can't believe in Santa Claus. Perception is 50-50. And then, you know, we're lied to uh, constantly. So you cannot be a legend in your own mind. You can't overestimate your ability to do anything. You can't make excuses for negative outcomes. You have to be accountable. You have to expect, accept responsibility. And you have to uh, improve whatever endeavor you're in by 10 to 20% by using the Hawthorne effect, right? And that's what this podcast is about. Uh, usually better to 20%. Uh, us, off the bat, we're in the 50s. But through this effect, the Hawthorne effect, we, you know, we increased 10 to 20%. And in the case of last week, or not last week, but week five, we were 
fourteen and two eighty seven point five percent, and made $11,330. So again, we use business and financial concepts. We use decision science, right? We turn to the mean, I said. Probability theory, highest level, but probability theory is 80%. That's why that 87.5% number is so important to us. Another business concept is, all right, if you're the toughest, smartest person in the room, you're always in the wrong room. Chad, what are your first thoughts as we get into uh, the Hawthorne Effect podcast as we learn from our mistakes? Man, we had a freaking awesome week, 14 out of 16 um, on our totals. I mean, pushing 90%. Um, or I mean, on our sides, excuse me, not our totals. Our sides, 14 out of 16. Our totals were a little little rougher this week. Uh, so, you know, we don't have too much to go over in this Hawthorne effect, you know, because we did get a lot of games right. We had a really good week. Uh, but, yeah, man, there's definitely some 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 uh, stuff to clean up on our totals here. A little bit of flawed thinking that me and Josh were just talking about and analyzing. And, um, you know, we need to uh, clean this up and review it and make some adjustments moving into next week. Right. Absolutely. Um, even the bets you get right, you really do have to uh, go ahead and – but what you really have to do is you got to evaluate the picks you got right to make sure they're not you got you didn't get lucky because everybody likes to uh, overestimate their brilliance how smart they are how much they know how much of an edge they have on somebody else but in the end of the day, we're pretty much all the same. Except there's little edges, right? And the reason we got a better podcast than everybody else is because we are more transparent. And we don't spare our own uh, feelings. We're very, very honest with ourselves, right? To be able to get close to the truth and kind of mitigate the gap between perception and reality. Okay. All right. So first uh, game we'll look at that we got wrong. Hey, uh, you tell us, Chad. Did we? Um, did we go ahead? And was it bad luck, or was it bad pitch? Is the Green Bay, not Green Bay, but Denver and uh, Denver and the Colts. Game went the way we thought about it. We got it under, but the Denver minus three, we got wrong. But to be honest, I feel that it was really bad luck because Denver refused to win that game. Right? All we had to do was run the ball. And run out the clock and just refuse to do that. They threw a double interception. What do you think, Jack? Yeah, no, man, I agree with you. But Josh, you're sounding a little staticky. I don't know if it. Okay. It it, it was earlier. It went away though. It okay. just came back. Um, do you sound better now? Okay. Oh, uh, but yeah, man, I I I um, think this one was a little bad luck, man. Like you said, we talked about this one. All the Broncos got to do is run the ball twice take 40 seconds off the clock, kick a field goal. They go up six points, kick the ball off. Colts got about 30 seconds, uh, you know, to drive the field. 
and for a touchdown um, with the Broncos up six. So, yeah, that one, I mean, yeah, you know, they um, they should have definitely covered that one for us. But, uh, you know, we talked about this one. We really, really like this under. And, uh, you know, Josh always talks about the highest level of intelligence being situational intelligence. So, you know, in that situation, I, I screwed this one up. I should have put a little bit more sprinkle on that under an extra half unit um, to make sure I profited off this game because that game was an under either way you wrote it with the Colts or the Broncos. So little learning lesson from that one. Right. So in that game, since we knew for a fact, right, that it was going to go uh, under, uh, you see situational analysis and then you say, okay, I'm going to bet more on the over than uh, the under. Or not, bet more on the under than the side, minus three, which really, I kind of try to cover my ass with Denver money line because they are a very strange football team. But uh, at the same time, um, really have to use, uh, you know, situational intelligence to make money on that, even though at the end of the day, we ended up breaking even. Uh, the next game we got wrong. Both sides was Green Bay minus eight, under 41. Uh, for that game, Brian Deval did a good job. Uh, Green Bay only had 10 snaps at halftime of that game. He only had like 10 snaps after halftime in the second quarter for Green Bay. Uh, they really controlled the clock with the offensive line. Kind of overestimated the, I would say we overestimated the defense of uh, the Green Bay Packers and Coach Barry, the son-in-law of Monty Kiffin, and they ran up and down the field. The Giants did on them. It's not sustainable. Daniel Jones can't run the ball 12 times a game. He's already getting hurt. Uh, Tyron Taylor is hurt. So you're going to see the third string for the Giants in their preseason. And their roster is going to start to deplete. Uh, they, you know, Green Bay go out partying. The, 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 the little time they were in it. In England, a lot of people were talking about that. that Rogers is complaining about that, but Rogers does whatever he wants. Uh, so basically, Green Bay fell apart in the second half. In no way they were covering the eight points. So in this situation, earlier in the season, uh, go ahead, pick the Giants. And the under 41, uh, I'm not too concerned about really. I think it's bad luck with a bad pick because uh, when you only – allow the other team 10 snaps in the, in the second half, you're running the ball, right? You're, you're waiting till the play clock hits three to, to run a play. So you're playing an under game. It just got over uh, because of plays you can't really, uh, you know, turnovers and just crazy plays that normally do not happen in a game. What do you think, what do you think Chad? Yeah, no, I do think – I mean, I think Green Bay minus eight was a bad pick here. Um, you know, eight's a lot of points. You know, it's over there in London. That's probably going to lead to it being a more competitive game. Um, 
you know, so yeah, I mean, the, the defense wasn't, was not cut out for it. You know, I, I don't think Green Bay really is, uh, you know, proven that they've, you know, they've been a up and down team this year. They haven't really proven that they're super, super elite. So yeah, I think you got to let, you got to take the Giants plus the eight in that one. That was a bad pick. And the total, um, you know, I definitely feel this one was agree with you more on the luck side, but you know, I just think with, um, with, the, with it being in London, um, you know, they just wanted to make it a little bit more exciting towards the end there. Um, you know, they wanted a one possession game and they wanted it to be a little more high scoring. So I just think that led, right. you know, the number was 41. It was pretty low on the key number of 42. Um, you know, so I just think, you know, with all the, in, in other scenarios, this is an under game all the way, but just to, with this being in London, um, you know, with, with the Giants having a pretty solid running game, uh, better than they've had in the past few years and the Packers defense being a little bit lo less, um, you know, not, not as what we expected them to be at this point. I mean, you know, you definitely maybe look at that, that over a little harder than we did. So. Yeah. Next game, bad pick or bad luck. Uh, it's the Chargers and Cleveland. I would say that is a bad pick. Uh, both defenses suck, and that's just a fact. And they weren't supposed to suck, but you really got to check your thinking and say, okay, this is what's going on now. Both these defenses uh, supposedly have a lot of talent. Boza isn't playing for the Chargers. We got a lot of players hurt. And then uh, Miles Garrett gets in a dumb car accident. His mind isn't right. So Cleveland, even though they have a great running game and run a lot of clock, their defense is so horrible that the, these games are going to go over. What do you think, Chad? Yeah, this this is a bad pick. Probably one of the worst ones on the of our bad picks. This is probably top three. I mean, right. these defenses um, aren't stopping anybody. You know, the Browns are able. You know, they they. They're able to move the ball. You know, it's like they, they have one of the best running backs, best running games. And it's like when you're able to have a successful running game like that, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. There's going to be open pass corners. You're going to be able to run some play action. Um, you know, that successful running game adds to the passing game. So, you know, if they can continue to run the ball, they're going to be able to, you know, get some points. And, you know, if they can continue to run the ball, it's going to open up the passing game for, you know, Brissett. So um, that defense is, is you know, not, not anything special. Same with the Chargers. This game. I mean, the offensive defensive matchups here was just both both defenses were outmatched. Um, you know, with, with both the offenses here, these, you know, these are two two pretty good offenses that can that can score the ball. Um, so, yeah, I just think that the way this game was set up, it was a shootout from the beginning, and we should have got that one right. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So you check your thinking, you feel the pain of the mistake, and you never do it again. Why? To make money, right? Because like I said in the intro, every single business meeting, every single podcast is a business meeting. The specific outcome and purpose and the purpose to make money and the outcome that we got 88% of the sides. So we might do the same with the total. Uh, Minnesota, Chicago, I'm saying that's bad luck. Uh, this is the most points Chicago had scored and there was no way of anticipating they were going to score that many points. A lot of strange things happen that don't normally happen. I think nine 
times out of 10, this game ends up under uh, division game. Uh, and it was Vikings minus six, so they, so they went ahead and covered for us. What do you think, Chad, about that game? Yeah, you know, it was a lower scoring affair, um, you know, pretty early on. It didn't, didn't look like it could have gone either way, but, um, you know, I just think, you know, that Vikings defense was, you know, the Bears are able to score late, um, you know, push it over. And right. I think that, Vi- that Vikings defense, you know, is what, you know, is not, you know, pretty average right now. They're not, not lock- locking anything down crazy. We're in a controlled, you know, indoor environment with that plus one that Justin Fields provides. Um, right. He ran it 11 times. Exactly. So, I mean, I think all those factors there, like you right. said, you know, eight times. I was thinking of Daniel Jones. Uh, Fields ran eight times for 47 yards. Yeah. So, like you said, you know, in the division, you know, they seem to be running fields a little more um, in those division games. So, you know, if they're running him a little more, that's going to add to the, you know, probably add to the offensive productivity for that week. Um, you know, so, yeah, I just think, you know, in that in that controlled environment, these two teams, two offenses, um, you know, were able to get it going enough. And I think that just, you know, the Minnesota defense on that last drive and feels with that plus one that he brings was able to just, you know, get it, get it done with his legs here to get this thing, the, you know, the one score it needed to get over. Right. And uh, the Vikings built up a big lead, 21-10 at halftime. Uh, the Bears come back with nine points in the third quarter, three in the fourth. And... The Vikings get eight in the fourth quarter. And let me make sure of this. Yeah, they had a two-point conversion, which I loved, which gave me the minus seven when I got to cover that game. It was a big week. Betting $1,000 a game, it was $11,000. Pays for Christmas. All right. Next game. was the over 45 in the New England Patriots game. I, I listened to the radio on this, both sides, Lomas Brown in Detroit and Zolak in New England. Uh, the Detroit Lions marched into Bill Belichick territory several times. They had a backup kicker. So, the bad pick part of it was that I should have factored in Detroit having a backup kicker and that the backup kicker is going to suck, right? Because he misses a field goal. And then every time Detroit went in Belichick, uh, New England territory, they went for it on fourth down and they got none of those fourth downs. So you knew Belichick was going to have a great plan, but Detroit was scoring over 30 points a game. Do you think they would go return to the mean, maybe half of that 14, which would have gotten over because the Detroit defense is one of the worst defenses in the history of the NFL. So you knew that Belichick and they were going to score on their defense, but you would think at least a couple garbage touchdowns in the fourth quarter. No such luck. I think that's 20% bad luck factor on that one. It wasn't necessarily a bad pick. Because 46 points, 45 points, 45 points is an average NFL game. And New England's defense is not as good as they've been in the past. They're not, they're almost like Pittsburgh. They're not stopping the run. 
So you figured that at least Detroit would be able to run on him, get a couple of touchdowns. Uh, maybe put garbage touchdowns in the fourth quarter to get this over 46. What do you think, Chad? Bad pick or bad luck? Yeah, I'm, I'm going more of the bad pick route here. I, I, I do think, you know, with return to the mean game um, for, for Detroit, you know, definitely didn't expect them to get shut out. But, you know, that's the kind of things Bill Belichick does. You know, he, he tends to dominate lesser opponents um, and, and, and dominate them and rub it in. So, you know, it's kind of up Bill Belichick's alley and, and his style to do stylistically. You know, he is an understyle coach. Right. Um, you know, so I just think this one was kind of a, you know, just your typical New England, um, you know, dialing up an awesome game plan, shutting a team out. And, you know, once they get up, I mean, they they pretty much control the game. They don't keep keep really trying to, you know, Belichick, you know, like you always say, Belichick with a 14, you know, 17-point lead, it's like a 30-point lead to him. So, you know, he they, they just kind of coasted this one out. And, um, yeah, I mean, Lions couldn't not get anything going here, couldn't get that run game going at all. Yeah, and but he got shut out. Uh, Goff returned to the the former Goff. He just was nervous, and this was the interception machine, which he hadn't done in a while. So we disagree on that one. I think it's uh, bad luck. You think it's bad pick. The next game is the Jets under forty six. I think it's a bad pick because if, if if you live in the past. You die in the past. And a game like this, uh, Miami and the Jets, uh, historically has gone over, so it doesn't matter, though, the different players. But historically, these type of teams, where they're playing, uh, would be a tough division game early in the season with a fresh defense to keep the game under. And what it ended up being was the Jets being creative with their offense getting points on the board, and then uh, Miami with a third-string quarterback. Uh, we're really trying to get into a shootout, right? So they took risks, and the Jets ended up scoring to get this game over. Uh, and the Jets are supposed to be a defensive team, but Miami was going up and down the field on. There wasn't a case of Miami not being able to move the ball. It was more a case of finishing drives. Uh, Skyler Townsend was 19 of 33, 166 yards, but a very costly uh, interception. Uh, looking back on it, we should have picked the over. So I say bad pick. What do you think, Chad? Bad pick or bad luck? Yeah, and no, I'm saying bad pick here. Um, these two teams just defensively aren't really, you know, stopping anyone. Like I said, the Jets are supposed to be a defensive team. They're, they're not. Um, you know, they, they got some good athletes and good weapons of that offense. They're able to, you know, get it going at home. And then, yeah, I mean, I, I really like McDaniel as, a, as just a play caller. Um, I think he gets the most out of his situations. And, um, you know, I feel like he, he's always going to find a way to put some points on the board. I mean, putting up 17 with Skylar Thompson. It's pretty impressive, um, you know, with with a rookie in his first game experience at all. Um, you know, so I think he did a good job there. And I think, you know, just, you know, moving forward, um, you know, that that these teams are just, you know, more overstyle teams. You know, the Dolphins have kind of been that way all year. Obviously, you know, 
they're in a little setback at their quarterback situation. Um, you know, Tua early on in the year was really thrown around to those receivers. Um, you know, but I think McMillan or not McMillan, but uh, McDaniel is going to dial up. You know, he's got a plus one guy with Skylar Thompson. He's still got those athletes and Waddle and Tyreek. Um, you know, so I still think they will find that production offensively moving forward. And, um, you know, the, the Jets defense is, you know, if they're giving up 17 to, to third string quarterback here, they're going to be be scored on, you know, this year, um, you know, most of the year. So if, if they can keep the offense, you know, putting up some points here, um, you know, look, look for the Jets are not a defensive team. Like you said, don't um, I wouldn't approach them moving forward like they are. So that yeah. bad, bad pick. And then uh, Mostert, I always like Mostert. He had 18 uh, carries for 113 yards, 6.3 yards per carry. Uh, Mostert, he, you know, out of Purdue, uh, he's always, to me, been a great running back. He's never just gotten enough of a chance. But it's his eighth year in the league. He's going to help Miami. So it's, it's Styles make fights. It's going to depend on the game. But for this particular game, it was a bad pick. Chad and I agree. Bad pick versus being the 20% uh, luck factor and probability theory. So the highest level of certainty is 80%. So 20% is bad luck. And this one, it was us, bad pick. Uh, Atlanta, over 46. I, I, this game went exactly the way I thought it was going to be. Uh, the final total was 36 points. However, what happened was that in the second half, uh, you know, with the Falcons making a furious comeback, a tired Bucks defense, the Bucks give the ball back, but no, wait, here comes the ref, Bulger. He's like, no, no, no. This, this, like, normal sack that Brady got uh, wrestled to the ground like he wrestled anybody else. And the guy's getting up. Uh, it wasn't a flop, but what Brady did was kind of roll over, and the guy released him. And then Bulger, out of nowhere, comes in and says, like, oh, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Uh, roughing the passer. Everybody was shocked. The Buccaneers were laughing when he – Watch it, the Bucs were laughing because they knew that was a bad call. Uh, but what would have happened was at 36 for us, uh, you know, Atlanta would have scored, and then Brady would have come back and scored. <laughs> Boom, there's your over. And that's how we thought the game was going to go. But, no, that call changed it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that's bad luck because you, you can't predict. Most of the time, 80% of the time, uh, Brady isn't going to get a gifted call like that late in the game. That's really going to determine the outcome of the game. Uh, usually when they favor Brady, it's going to be more subtle than that. What do you think, Chad? Bad pick or bad luck? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a little bit of both. I'd probably lean your way on the luck side. You know, this was a very low-scoring first half. Um, you know, just a tad lower than we needed. You know, I didn't expect it to be too quick out the gates, but we definitely thought it was going to get a little crazy late, which yeah. it did. Um, you know, and that penalty just really stopped, um, you know, anything from happening because, you know, they got that penalty and they were able to, you know, take the last five minutes and run the ball and just drain the clock all the way out to end the game. So, right. um, you know, nothing ever got to happen there. So, yeah, I mean, that, that that's tough luck. You can't predict a, you know, a phantom roughing the passer that Tom Brady's right. getting. So, right. 
Yeah, over 46, the game ends at uh, 36. So, yeah, definitely you can see uh, 10 points were left out there. And normally, under normal circumstances, 80% of the time, that game will go over. With the talent on the field, man, and and uh, the way the game's played, that game's going over most of the time. Uh, same thing with the San Francisco 49ers and Carolina Panthers. Carolina was supposed to have a better defense than what they've shown. And the 49ers are a team that their style is to run it, run it, run it, and then protect their defense much as possible, play long fields, play good special teams, win the game and keep it under. So we've cast in a lot of San Francisco unders and Carolina, by design wants to be an under team. Uh, this game ended up being wild as Carolina's defense quit, really, for, because they were on the field too long and just started giving up scores. They gave up 20 points in the second half. And I want to say there were some special teams touchdowns, some weird things going on that made it go over. Uh, yeah, we had a pick six, right? Pick six, yeah. You can't predict turnovers. Right? Uh, yeah, we had a pick six. Yeah, so that pick six hurt, right? Uh, what was the over-under in that this game? 39. 39. So without a pick six, we're sitting at uh, 45, right? And with the Panthers not quitting, you got to think it's that's a touchdown or two. <laughs> so they knew they were going to lose. So that's – they were still going to lose, right, 17-15. So if the Panthers don't quit, which is a professional team, getting paid a lot of money, and you didn't quit Chad Nolan at Southern Missouri State when you guys were 0-6. <laughs> You're still giving out max effort, not getting paid, right? Just getting free food at the cafeteria, yeah. education, I mean, Missouri uh, State college education. That's all you were getting. You gave them max effort. These guys are getting hundreds of thousands to millions of dollars, but they quit. So you don't expect a professional team like that to quit like that. You know, they would have kept it under. So I would say it's bad luck versus bad pick. What do you think, Chad? Yeah, um, definitely, you know, some luck here. I do think we had some recency bias. You know, San Francisco has been under every game for us. Um, you know, I just think, like you said, the, the Carolina defense is that bad here where San Francisco was going to score, you know, score theirs. And then Baker Mayfield's, you know, sporadicness, you know, throwing that pick six. Um you know, he's 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 good for that every once in a while. He's shown us that consistently. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think it might have been time here with San Francisco and Carolina, two under teams to maybe go the other way with a very, very low total like this. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think this is, you know, I, I, there's some some luck factors to it. You know, you can't predict turnovers. Um, you know, but, yeah, I just think with the turmoil, you know, we knew Matt Rule was on the chopping block. You know, he's fired now. Right. I think those type of factors were going to lead this one to maybe sneak over late with that low, low total. And, and again, as you analyze this, and yet you learn more for the picks you got wrong than the picks you got right. So as you analyze it a little bit more, you get ammunition because it's going to happen again later in the season where a coach is a lame duck 
you know, you know he's going to get fired. Has he lost the locker room, right? You do your research. If the beat writer didn't say it, send an email to the beat writer or message DM him on Twitter. See if he'll respond or she'll respond. Whether they have lost the locker room. Because obviously, Matt Rule lost the locker room. They gave up on him. Baker Mayfield, too. Uh, Baker Mayfield's not starting next week. Uh, and we know that Baker Mayfield has a horrible personality. Nobody likes that guy, right? For whatever reason, nobody likes Baker Mayfield. Nobody liked him at TCU. He had to transfer to Oklahoma. Then at Oklahoma, Lincoln Riley said, no, nah, man, don't come back next year. <laughs> We're going to put Colorado Murray in there, bro. Don't come back. <laughs> then he goes to Cleveland, blows up. They're like, don't come back, man. We don't need you. I, we, we'll, we'll start Brissett. We don't need you here. He goes to Carolina, and now he's at Carolina. Again, uh, 95% of people can't change. His agent, somebody needs to say, hey, man, you need to change your personality or the way you approach people because you might be out of the league now. Because now he, where, where's he going to go? It's starting P.J. Walker next week. Nothing says under. The PJ, I've been, I've been betting. I think I'm 100% betting every single game. The other one, PJ Walker is a starting quarterback back when he was at Temple. I was, he was, he was the quarterback for Matt Rule. You would think with Matt Rule gone, the PJ Walker, because literally people were saying PJ Walker was on Carolina as a favorite of Matt Rule. So I don't know. So Baker Mayfield, that, that could be it. Could be a wrap for Baker Mayfield. And not because he is talented, it's just his personality and I guess his willingness or lack of willingness to listen, study the playbook. So as you look at it, kind of the bad pick kind of creeps in, right? Should have thought about, think about it a little bit more. This game is going over because that defense has been on the field way too long and they don't like Baker Mayfield and they don't like Matt Rule. <laughs> so, so it's a wrap game's going over. So the more I think about it, I think I convinced myself it was a bad pick. We needed to do more research. What do you think, Chad? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, and I already went on this one. Yeah, bad we're still pick. on the we're, we're still on the Niners game, right? Yeah. Bad yeah, pick. No, yeah, I already went on that one. I'm good for the yeah, bad next pick. one. Right, so Rams, Cowboys, Dallas and the Rams over 43. Uh the answer in that one was Dallas has a really good defense with Parsons. And that Stafford is old. I did notice one thing, right? Notice watching the Oregon State uh, Stanford game. McKee, when there was pressure around in the pocket, he'd stand in the pocket, throw it. Uh, what's his name? Joe Burson? How do you pronounce his name for Oregon State? Back of quarterback. Oh, Gil, Gil Branson. Gil Branson. Um, he needs to work on standing firm in the pocket. Uh, your brother, Chance, it's on the other way. Your, your brother is standing in the pocket with four guys around him, but he's still, like, getting the ball off. He shouldn't have against USC. He should have thrown it in the stands, but he stood in the pocket. You, it wasn't like he went down. He got his throw off. And Chance, when he, he stands in the pocket, there's pressure around him, right? There's chaos around him. He still stands in the pocket. And delivers the football. Joe Branson couldn't against Stanford. Sometimes they started rolling him out. They protected him better, and he did better. And he made a couple of good throws at the end there. 
Stafford can't stand it in the pocket anymore. I saw him a couple of times um, against Dallas when the pressure got close to him, didn't even get to him, he would go down, right? I would probably go down because I don't have it worked out to have that kind of, you know, center of gravity and just that strength. It's almost like when you're rebounding, right? That when you got bigger guys around you and you go to rebound, you end up, no, nobody hits you, but the, the energy makes you fall backward, right? Stafford had that. So Stafford um, couldn't handle the pressure. He couldn't outrun defensive linemen, right? Uh, to get offside a little bit, to avoid the pressure. Uh, and there's no deep threat. Then Jefferson is not, not there. Uh, they don't have a deep threat to kind of stretch the defense. Uh, so Dallas basically stopped the Rams. They only scored 10 points. And obviously the Rams have to save plays for division games. Uh, I'm kind of leaning towards bad pick. What do you think, Chad? Bad pick or bad luck? Oh, yeah. I think this is my top two or three worst picks. I mean, we watched the Rams play the Niners in on Monday night last week. Absolutely awful. Offense wasn't moving, couldn't run the ball. No weapons at receiver. I, I believe even Cooper Cup, I think, got banged up against Dallas in this last game. Right. Um, towards the end. But, yeah, I mean, there, Stafford's arm looks like it's ragged, looks hurt, can't stay in the pocket. He's slow. He can't get away from pressure. They were double-teaming Cup, too. I saw a couple plays Cup made with two people around him. And then, like, the third time, the ball was either better the way or anything. Yeah. You know, Dallas under Cooper Rush right now is, you know, I think – they're running the ball like 60%. They're they're 60% run, 40% pass right now. Kelly, look great as he usually does. You know, Kellen Moore's calling 60% run for Cooper Rush right now, and that defense is playing lights out for Dallas. So, um, yeah, this game was going under any way, any way you wrote it, man. The Rams' lack of offense, um, the Dallas play selection breakdown so heavy to the run, um, and that Dallas defense playing the way it is, it was, this one was going to go under the whole way. Yeah, if you live in the past, you die in the past. I was thinking Stafford was going to come back and play like the young Stafford, but he didn't. He's not physically able to stand in the pocket when, you know, when the pressure gets close to him. Uh, so, uh, bad pick versus bad luck. My, I had the Rams minus five. That was a bad pick. Uh, the Dallas is a younger, more inspired team than the Rams right now. And then uh, the last pick we got, well, I mean, obviously Baltimore minus two and a half, right? It has to be bad luck if Baltimore had that. And the, the end of that game was 1917, right? Yeah, I took the money. The consensus was money line, I, I think, yeah, Josh. You got that right. I I, I played the money line. I did the bet, and I ended up being profitable. So it's Baltimore two and a half, but I did Baltimore money line minus 170. And then the under, under 15, 49, that's way too many points. We knew that. So we got that right. So the last one got wrong was the Kansas City Chiefs, Las Vegas Raiders under 51. And they ended up being 
um, 59 points, I believe. Ended up being, yeah, 59, 30 to 29. I'd say it's bad pick on my part because you live in the past, you die in the past. You can see that trend, right? Uh, the Vikings, the Vikings, Bears, the Chargers, Browns, uh, the Rams, and this pick. There's six times that I got picks wrong. That's that six. Vikings won. Uh, Jets. No, nah, I don't know about the Jets there. Jets. Let's say the Jets. Uh, Cleveland. Dallas and the Rams. And Kansas City. So those are five picks I got wrong living in the past with this specific thing. That usually teams' defenses break down after game six. Last week was game five. And both these defenses are depleted. Uh, in the Vegas scenario, probably their defense is bad or maybe just really average. Maybe they can rise up sometime if you protect them and you get Mad Max coming off the edge. You can keep a score down at once or twice. But without Passasha, the special teams pinning people deep and resting the defense with the Gruden running game, um, with McDaniels in there, the Raiders are a bad defense. Kansas City is beat up and depleted defense, right? They just got back from getting beat up against Tampa Bay uh, before they were beat up against uh, Indianapolis in their running game. So bad pick. I was living in the past. I was living in 20, 2019, really, because everything changed after COVID. So I'm living in 2019. This is 2022. And in 2022, the Kansas City Chiefs-Las Vegas game for sure is going over 51 points. And the fact that it was a division game meant that they had their A game on offense. But both defenses were depleted. Two offensive coaches going against each other. I know those games tend to go over. But to know and not to do is not to know. So I fucked up on that. That was going under all the way. What do you think, Chad? Yeah, going over all the way. I don't know. I think I don't. I don't know. I had some recency bias to the last right that the Chargers Chiefs just played a primetime game like two weeks ago. Right. You know, division game that had went under. Right. Um, it was earlier in the season, right? The defense is a fresher. You got more. Players. Yeah. But so not- you know it's. Especially, too, I mean, the way that, the you know, the Raiders got out to a 14-0 lead. I mean, with that, you know, you knew you knew the Chiefs were going to come back. Um, I actually was able to get a live bet in. Chiefs plus three and a half, minus 110 there early when they were down 14-0. Right. Um, you know, so, yeah, it was tough. That was a tough one. You knew the scoring wasn't stopping, man. The Chiefs were going down the field that well. Mahomes, right, he, right. he's yeah. awesome, man. He's a magician. Um, and then Devontae Adams, the two two big bombs in that game. You know, they finally got him going a little bit. So you knew that was, you know, coming. That was an inevitable at some point. So they called it uh, for the division game. Yeah, exactly. So it may, you know, 43.1 yards per catch for Devontae Adams. You know, the thing is, you got offensive minded coaches, fourth and one play action bomb. You know, that's only coming with an offensive minded coach. No defensive minded coach is going to probably make that call as a head coach. So, 
um, you know, those offensive minds definitely, um, definitely added, added 10 points to the score easily. So. Yeah. Yeah. That wraps that's us worth, up. Man. That's worth it. I think we, you always learn. I was learning a lot with this and I learned, I learned a lot about me staying in the past and not being present. My wife teaches mindfulness. You gotta be mindful. Mindful is forgetting the past, focusing on the present, what is happening now. That situation analysis, right? There's a guy shooting kids inside an elementary school. Protocol is to wait for the commander. But in real life, you just need to go in there with your gun and shoot that kid's head off. That's situational intelligence. And that's what you have to use in anything, but in sports betting even more. And then you mentioned uh, your biases that we talked about last week. Uh, recency bias, right? That you allowed what happened in the past, which was last week, to influence your thinking this week. That you have to eliminate in order for our totals to equal our size week in and week out as we got a phenomenal 16 out of 18 sides. That's about as good as uh, four, 14 out of 16. Four, because it, how many games were there this week? 16, I believe. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, nine, 16 games. 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. You are correct. 14 and 16. So we were 14 and two. I just added in the team totals, which is, are not sides. So 14 and two. 87 and a half percent. 87.5 percent. 52.5 percent to break even. And even though this is a tedious, horrible process, everything has a trade off. Nothing's for free. People want to get 14 out of 16, but they don't want to put in the work. To get 14 out of 16. And it's not pleasant, right? It's embarrassment. It's humiliation. It's a feeling of shame. You have to feel all that. You have to feel all those emotions and take it like a man or woman, right? So you can what? Learn from your mistakes and not live in a fantasy world. Not live in this fantasy world where you went seven out of seven, but you think you went 14 and 10. Because <laughs> you're blaming the refs. You're 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 making excuses. You're acting like a victim, right? And we we are we're not acting like victims here. We we learn from our mistakes. And to be honest, we want to victimize the sports book. <laughs> we want to victimize yeah. other sports better betting against us. <laughs> and competing against us. What are your final words, Chad? Man, um, wraps up another good Hawthorne effect and uh, gets us ready to. Uh to get going in these games for next week, man. We miss Scott. Um, no, happy to have Scott back tomorrow. Happy to have him back for the pit for the picks tomorrow. We'll get, we'll get rolling. Right. And, um, you don't have to pay action sports $300 or anybody $300 for picks. Uh, and again, we use business financial concepts, right? Same way, uh, you make any decision, a business decision, um, you have to have a basis for it, right? A philosophy. Uh, you have to use math. You have to use probability theory. Decision science, which is that book there. Uh, you use a lot of tools. 
statistics, right? You turn to the mean, arbitrage. You have a system to make decisions. So you make decisions correctly 80% of the time without having all of the information. Elon Musk says, once you know the truth, the richest man in the history of the world, Elon Musk said, you know the truth, you can predict outcomes. We don't have the resources he has to know the truth. So what we can do as poor and middle-class people to come up with correct business decisions 80% of the time is get to the truth, as close to the truth as possible. And what this podcast does is eliminates perception versus reality. Shakespeare said, to thy own self be true. Don't lie to yourself. Don't let other people kiss your ass. Don't kiss up somebody else's ass. Approval seeking is the worst thing you can do in life. But you have to give. When you give one, you get 10 back. It's not philanthropy or religion. It's a business decision. And, and uh, Churchill said, right? William Churchill. You give a living, you make a living from your labor, right? You make a living from your labor, but you make a life from what you give. Thank you for listening to the ESBC Podcast Network.